Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Summer Northwest podcast. I'm Pastor Bobby, and we are, we have been going through over the last couple of months a look back at some of the things that we've been uh, learning and practicing in relation to spiritual formation. And so we've called this spiritual formation a reset. Uh, we're thinking about spiritual formation and the practices of spiritual formation, like scripture reading, prayer, uh, silence, solitude, Sabbath, those kind of things, thinking of them in the, the, the current moment that we are living in, the uh, pandemic, um, all of the, the, the civil and social unrest, uh, the violence that we're seeing happen, uh, this is just a, this is a really intense time for our world and for those of us in the church. And so uh, we're revisiting these practices of spiritual formation because in the midst of this, how are we as the people of God shaping ourselves? How are we placing ourselves under God's power and, and connecting with his presence so that we can not only experience life for ourselves, but offer, also offer that life to the world around us. And so today we are going to talk, be talking about the practice of fasting, fasting. And um, I want to welcome in our guest today, uh, a podcast regular, <laughs> a podcast regular might as well make you a co-host at this point. Uh, yeah. Welcome everybody! Everybody, welcome Dr. Pat Mayer back to the podcast. Pat, it's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too, buddy. Happy to jump on this. Yeah, and you know we have had Pat on. Uh, we had him on last week. We've had him on several times before this, uh, just giving us a, a an update on what our city and what our state is facing uh, as far as the, uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19 is concerned. Um, and so Pat has been helping us as a church navigate these waters and, and kind of figure out what is good for us, what is socially responsible um, as far as our church is concerned. But uh, more than anything, Pat is just a dear brother in the Lord. He's someone that loves other people really well. And he's also someone who um, has been a deep encouragement to me and to others as we've just seen his own growth and as he has, he has uh, you know, just multiple occasions in small group gatherings and Sunday morning gatherings has shared what God is doing in his life. And so particularly uh, in this, uh, with this practice of fasting, uh, Pat has a lot to share personally and just his own practices of fasting and what that has looked like for him over the last year or so of his life. So I thought it, uh, it only made sense to invite him to be a part of that. Before we dive into fasting, though, Pat, um, several weeks ago, um, I, I talked a little bit uh, about this understanding of embodied spirituality that we as human beings are not just spirits uh, and we are not just physical beings, that God mm -hmm. has created us both body and spirit. And so when we understand that, it means that there isn't, in God's view, a compartmentalization of our lives that, well, this is what I do with my spirit. This is what I do with my body. This is what I do with my mind, or this is what I do with my emotions that we were created to be a whole, to be whole people. Um, but oftentimes we, we fight against our own selves and, and how God has made us. But, um, you know, we experience um, this embodied spirituality in so many different ways. And I'm just thinking about the, the, the pandemic that we're currently uh, just uh, overwhelmed with and how um, this is, uh, you know, when you watch the news, when you read, it's, it's very much a, a, uh, a physical bodily thing that's being focused on and, and rightfully so. But as Christians, we understand that even as we are looking and protecting 
um, and seeking uh, vaccines for uh, our physical body, that all of the things that we are experiencing during this pandemic is not just physical. Uh, there, it is spiritual as well. It weighs on us. Um, these moments in life that are so real, that are so raw, as many of us are finding, that leave us exposed, that kind of expose the cracks in our foundation. Ultimately, these moments and, and circumstances, periods of time that leave us with this knowledge and with a feeling, a very visceral feeling, that this isn't right. This is not how things should be. This is not how God created us to be. And God in his mercy invites us to cry out for his presence during this time. And so many of us have been doing that through prayer. Um, we have been seeking the Lord. We have been pleading before the Lord uh, on behalf of others. And we've been going to the Lord with our own pain and our own anxiety and our own fears and having to do that daily. But also what sometimes we fail to realize is that God has also given us an opportunity to cry out for his presence in these sacred moments, in these grievous moments, in these really raw moments, to cry out for his presence with our bodies. And that's really what fasting is, right? Would you agree? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I think one of the things I learned from this and what you realize when you engage in fasting, whether you, you know, you read about it or you just enjoy it and enter into it is um, what you spoke on to begin with, that we have a duality, right? We are spirit and we are body, but we do not engage or believe in dualism where, you know, the spirit is the only thing that's good and the body is all flesh and the body is what's evil. Um, but when you mirror those together, uh, that's when I really think we come into the essence of, of God, right? And so we experience what Jesus experienced, um, God made flesh. And so we, we kind of, we enter into that. Um, and we'll kind of talk about coming up here a little bit more. We, we engage more in, the, in what Scott McKnight calls the pathos of God. You know, he is grieved by everything that is happening in our world right now. He is, whether it's a sickness or violence, or just, you know, um, what happened in Beirut, you know, just yesterday, like, this is a grievous event. And so it is one thing to grieve with our spirit. But I think we're made for more than that. Um, that's uh, when we mirror both of our dualities together and engage how we were supposed to be, you know, the spirit, the Ruach in Adam, in man, when you put those together, uh, and we grieve with our body, um, that I think is how we enter into, um, growth. Uh, but more than anything, that's just how we respond, how, what we'll get into most all of the biblical, um, people did in, in pretty much the entire church before a hundred years ago, how they responded, which is, it was not just this, um, words or feelings or thoughts or prayer, but it was this whole body experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Scott McKnight. I think he, his definition of fasting is the body talking what the spirit yearns, what the soul longs for, and what the mind knows to be true. And, and I really like that definition. I like putting it that way. Um, because, yeah, you know, we, if, if we really look at the situations that we encounter in life, we feel those in a very physical way. You know, yeah. when I'm fearful or anxious, I have a physical bodily reaction to those moments. It's not just a mental thing or an emotional thing. I feel it in my body. Tragedy. I mean, when you think about, um, I, I think one of the most uh, visceral examples of this is when we experience the death of, of, of a loved one. Uh, someone we were close to. And uh, by and large, our society is kind of, um, uh, we have tried to uh, uh, desensitize ourselves to, to death. But in doing so, we've really um, shot ourselves in the foot with 
being able to grieve and knowing how to grieve. And I think one of the, one of the, the, the things that we see most often is, um, you know, when someone, when we experience the, uh, the death of a loved one, people come and provide meals for us. And that, you know, whether it's a funeral, a memorial service, a wake or whatever, there's, there seems to always be a time of eating that's connected to that. Because we know in those times, like our body is feeling something, you know, our body is experiencing the grief and, and lots of other different emotions um, in a very real way. And so we need to not just... Um, uh, pay attention to uh, our emotions and our feelings, but in those times of grief, um, the simple act of like having a meal that's connected with a funeral service um, shows is a is a very practical um, example of attending to the body's needs um, during that time. But um, so anyway, we're we're going to get into this. Uh, obviously a little bit more, but before we go on, um, you know, let's do a quick recap of, of fasting from, from the scriptures. Um, Pat, what, what, when you, when you read through the scriptures, um, how do you see fasting talked about and, and what, what are some of the examples of the, of these moments where the people of God came together to fast? Yeah. Um, so there's, fasting is one of the interesting disciplines that we do uh, first of all you'll never see in the bible you're, you're not going to look up chapter and verse okay this is the fast verse this is this is where it tells you exactly what to do you never see that right you never you never and what what people have oftentimes when i've talked about fasting or just read about other things what you'll continually say here is that you're never commanded anywhere in the bible to fast and that is that is true that is not that's not in here um but we see so many people that do, and this was just a natural um, response to most, to mo many moments in life. So one of the things, you know, you and I had talked about before is when I started coming into this um, and thinking what fasting was, um, I, I, I came backwards uh, a little bit and, did, and had a misthought. And I think so many in our church do, not our church, some of our American Western church, I think, have, have it backwards. Um, when you break down the biblical text about it, uh, you see it presented a different way. And it, what I mean by that is, you know, uh, again, back to Scott McKnight, uh, he, he, he mirrors this as a, it's an A to B to C. So A is a sacred moment, a sacred moment, a grievous moment, something happens. B is our response. And so in this regard, it's a fast. And then this is where I, and I think most people um, believe that the point of the fasting is then to move on to C. So C is, um, so, hey, I'm sick. My loved one is sick. I'm going to fast so that they get better. Or um, I um, uh, am sad about an event. I'm grieved by an event that happened in our life. I'm going to fast uh, and tell, the God, tell God that I really mean it. Um, I, I really mean this prayer. And so see, he will relent or he will, he will come to our salvation in this regard. And, and that's great, but not what it all um, depicted in the Bible. So if you, if you read through that, I, you can kind of break down into three categories of people's response to fasting. So uh, the first one would be um, just, uh, just an incredible event. Um, some life altering or just um, supernatural encounter with God. Uh, that's one. Number box two is uh, repentance. And then kind of box three, I'd say, would be a grievous thing occurs. And so box one, uh, these are a little bit fewer. This is probably the fewer. This is where Moses encounters God. Um, and he gets the Ten Commandments and he sees his face and he just is sitting there at Matt Sinai and he is fasting for 40 days. And the next long 40 day fast is Elijah, right? So um, 
he's confronting all the prophets of Baal and uh, the story I think most people know, uh, God comes down and consumes his sacrifice that's coated in water and, 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 and he experiences, uh, Elijah experiences that firsthand and he goes and he fasts for 40 days and sees God's presence. And then we also see the other 40 day fast of Jesus, um, right? He lives his entire life and then he becomes baptized, the heavens part. God comes down, God the Father comes down upon him. Um, and this is my son who I am pleased. And then he goes into the wilderness and fasts 40 days. These are these tangible um, encounters with God, with the one and only living God, and their natural responses to fast. We don't see in there that they're, these happen, and so that they are going to um, go fast in order to do something else, or that they are going to, they've prepared them, themselves to have this event uh, by fasting. No, these things happen, and their immediate response is just, I cannot eat, I cannot drink. I cannot do anything uh, bodily right now with that. So that's, that's one. Also, a little bit, I think you can tease that out in some of the New Testament, when Paul and Barnabas in the early church, but when the church is praying upon them before they send them out, they pray, they fast, they get their kind of direction, and then they go out and plant church across the world. Um, or even if you want to say Paul's conversion, right, he gets converted, he has this experience with God, and he can't eat or drink for three days, whether that's a repentance or uh, event, regardless, that that's kind of box one. Box two tends to be more of the um, response in, to repentance, and this is a lot of what the Old Testament is, right? This is just, I, I, am, um, I have wronged God, and you feel that. And so whether it's covering yourself in ash or wearing sackcloth, but it's this immediate, they uh, turn and repent. And part of that, kind of what the Bible, what the Old Testament, the, the Hebrew word they'll say is shub um, or neham. Um, both kind of shub just literally means just two turns. So I'm walking north and I turn south. Um, neham is a similar type of thing, but they're, they're always characterized with alongside fasting. And so that is something that I don't, that I've, never done before a year ago. Um, and that is the most common type of fasting that we see. But just this whole body, bodily experience of um, feeling physically um, the wrong that you have done. And not just with words, but with the entire body of just of just shubing, nehaming, of just completely repenting. So we see this time and time again. We see this from the Israelites even to um, King Ahab or uh, in Jonah, the king of Nineveh, um, where so you even have the pagans or, you know, the non-Israelites that they, they, they repent of their sins with fasting. And so that's probably one of the more common causes, the more common thing we see. And then lastly, I'd say is just the grievous events that happen. And so whether it is, um, you know, Ezra grieving for uh, the Israelites, just intermarrying and just completely foregoing all the Torah, uh, or it is um, David uh, in, in the Psalms where he talks about um, even when his enemies are attacking him, they become sick and he weeps and fasts for them or when his sins are discovered and um, his son is going to die that he takes no part of any any of any comforts from any of his any of the people around him and he just lays waste to himself and fasts um, these are these these grievous events where all we can do where it makes no sense where the body it, it isn't congruent to then enjoy food because that, that, that's, that's what food is. I think, you know, um, God could have, you know, given us our meal. He could, he could have made us sustain on, okay, here's your meal uh, nugget for the day. And this will, this will satiate you and give you all the energy that you need. And here's your drink of water. But God has created this food for us to deeply enjoy, to feast upon and just to have, um, uh, and just and praise him for, and it's just a, an utter blessing. And so to give, to partake in that, when in the midst of having this deeply grievous event, is discongruent to the duality that we talked about. The spirit doesn't match the body. Um, and so we see this time and time 
again, uh, in scripture played out. And even, I, I, I'll just give one example just really recently for me. And um, I, I love talking about fasting. This does not mean that I have perfected it in any way, shape. Recently, I was at work um, and had this case, had a, had a woman, a young woman that came in uh, in the morning and she, uh, she had been raped the night before. And so I sat there for quite some time with her, talking to her, her describing everything that happened to her and examining her to see the bruises, the scratches and her tears in mine um and i'm just it's this just grievous and i tell her this is not what should have happened and this is not the way things should have been and so i have this deep moment with the patient with the person that's right there and then i left and i made a phone call to get her help and then i ate my jimmy johns and you can see that i don't say that with grief or sorrow or just because i'm bad but i i think that to me, puts it better in my mind of, wait, Pat, that doesn't make any sense. You're telling me this story about this deeply grievous event that occurred, and then you just immediately ate right after that. That doesn't, that doesn't pair up in my mind. And so we see it time and time again in the scriptures, but maybe that's one more from a concrete example. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of where you see that um, from the old. Uh, from the new, you see a little bit, uh, Jesus talks, Somewhat about it, obviously, when you fast, right? So he presumes that all his uh, disciples are going to fast. He even gets questioned about it, right? And in, in, in Luke uh, 5, when he says, when he's, um, the Pharisees are asking him, hey, what? The, you know, John's disciples fast. You guys don't fast. What, why aren't you fasting? And so uh, he references uh, that as well, that, well, we, while you're with the bridegroom, you feast, you do not fast. And so there's this interplay uh, as we come out of it of, well, there are going to be times that we feast most certainly because Christ has come, but there are going to be times where we fast most certainly because he has yet to come again. Um, and so, yeah, that's just kind of a 30,000 foot. I think those are the three main buckets. We do it for this um, supernatural, um, just interaction, presence of God. We do it for repentance or for a grievous moment. Yeah, I, I think you're right in the, the, um, that instrumental view of fasting of that, you know, if we fast, we will get what we want. Um, and I think a lot of us who, uh, to be quite frank, uh, have grown up in church have no clue what fasting is. And probably if, you know, uh, uh, called to the mat on it that would define it that way that you know fasting is something that you know is uh, starving ourselves so that god will do x y and z um, but what you're talking about here is more of fasting as a practice that brings us in tune with the presence of god um, in these moments that we are facing right um, right. that, you know, we, fasting, fasting helps us empathize with God's, uh, perception of this particular moment. And, and yeah, like you see that with death, you know, that there, when we lose someone, it is like part of us has been ripped away, like that we are, part of us is being deprived because that person isn't here. Um, and we know like all of the anger and the, um, uh, the, the, the hatred that we have uh, toward death. And, and uh, that that is how God sees death mm -hmm. in these moments. God, hate, God hates death. And so when we fast in response to these things, we, we, are, we are beginning to empathize both body and spirit with God's perspective and his presence in those moments. Same thing with, uh, you know, uh, that, that conviction of sin. Uh, when, when, when God exposes uh, areas in our lives that are, are, are hurting ourselves that are hurting other people that are disconnecting ourselves from him 
Um, he is deeply grieved by that. Um, he is deeply grieved by our sin. And so, again, that our fasting is a, is a response um, to our own sin, to the sins of our, you know, uh, of the church, to the sins of our nation, you know, to the state of the world, whatever, um, in, a, in a very physical way. We are, we are empathizing with how God sees these moments. And we are connecting in our whole person, not just in our minds or in our feelings, but in our whole person to God's perspective. You're empathizing with him. That, that's been a huge shift for me in thinking about fasting. Yeah. Um, and in my, my limited understanding and experience of fasting. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's. I think that's where most. I hand down. That's what I did not understand. That is taking on the emotions of God, and that I'm entering into it as a response, not in because, not in order to get something else. I very much viewed it as not quite on the slot machine scale. Um, I would never. <laughs> but if you, you know, like you said, take me to the mat, down, call down to the mat. Probably that's how I played it out. Like this is the. Um, I, like I said before, I really mean it, God, like, or the, I won't let go unless you bless me type of prayer of I'm going to enter into this so that I get this out of it. And now I found some of that, like some of that has been blessed upon me, but that's not what plays out. And it's not guaranteed to, and that's not what plays out in scripture. Yeah, David's definitely. still dies. Yeah. But yeah. It just happens. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes people are healed. Sometimes our experience of God's grace uh, deepens. Uh, sometimes uh, our nation uh, or our friends turn away from uh, unrighteousness and, and injustice and idolatry and, and pursue God. And sometimes they don't. Uh, and we see that's how scripture deals with fasting. Like some of these things, are we see that yeah the result that 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 these people wanted which is the result that god wanted like that that's the thing that we have to it's not that we're fasting to get what we want we're fasting to connect ourselves to god's desires and ultimately what he wants how he has created us to live and um so we see some of that recorded in scriptures but other times Scripture just records that somebody fasted, and we don't know whether or not, uh, you know, the the reason for their fast, the 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 desired outcome of their fast, actually happened. Um, and so when we get into that, you know, we want where it's results driven. I think we're setting ourselves up um, for a lot of uh, confusion and 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 misunderstanding when it comes to fasting. So obviously, Pat, like being in this pandemic and, and just all of the different things that we're feeling, obviously I don't have to, I don't need to describe, I mean, we all know what we're feeling. We all, we all know the situation. <laughs> I mean, this would qualify as a sacred, grievous, tragic moment, <laughs> would it not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely the weirdest thing I've ever lived through. It's the heaviest, right. uh, uh, just the prolonged nature of this, the uncertainty of it, the fact that everybody is experiencing this to some extent. This definitely qualifies as one of these moments where if there was any time to respond and, and to respond in a way where we where we feel the pain, where we allow ourselves to feel the pain that um, others are feeling, it is, it is this time. Um, and our, you know, when back in March, um, when our city and state began to lock down, uh, when we were just beginning to understand what this thing was. And um, I just remember in the confusion um, of that, and, and we had to cancel our, uh, you know, this, the Sunday gathering uh, for that upcoming Sunday, um, that, uh, you know, we 
it was just a, it was such a confusing, disorienting, um, anxiety producing time because nobody knew what this thing was about and, 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 and how anybody should respond. And so what we did on that upcoming Sunday is we called for a day of, of prayer and fasting. Um, because at that point it just, it didn't seem like we could do anything else. We were stuck in our homes. We weren't sure if we could go outside. Uh, there was a real lack of control and there was a real sense of like, we need to do something, but we don't know what to do. And so we called our church to pray and to fast as a way to say, Hey, this is what we can do. Um, and we can respond in this way. But, um, yeah, like, I, I don't know, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? And, and just, um, yeah, what, what are your insights as we think about like this pandemic uh, being one of these moments that we respond to with fasting? Yeah, I think that you hit it right on. This is, I think that is what God calls us to as our natural first response. If we embrace, again, we keep coming back to it, but I think it's, this was, this was big for me to get. This is kind of one of those watershed moments and embracing the duality that it is body and soul in one. You don't feel like you said, you can't feel anxiety only in your mind. It takes a bodily toll. The same thing happens in this regard. You can't feel these grievous things and enter into the emotions of God only emotionally. You have to do it physically as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think this, that would be a great time for corporate fasting. This has been done times in the past, whether it's biblically or even, you know, just historically. Um, I know um, John Mark Comer breaks down a good fast of, I know, the miracle of Dunkirk, right? And so World War II, they were going, you know, the Germans were just uh, destroying England. They, chur they Churchill calls for a um, nationwide prayer and fast. There's pictures of thousands of people lined up around the street all around Westminster Abbey getting into pray. And then the next day, the miracle of Dunkirk happens where, you know, they made a movie about it, the battle of Dunkirk, but the people there called it the miracle of it. Multiple things came together all at once that should never have happened. You know, the English channel was calm. There was fog rolling in lots of things. Um, but all that to say, um, this has been done before big corporate fast, whether it's just it's biblically, um, or even in our current day culture. So yeah, this is the perfect time to do that because of what we've just spoken of, this being a grievous event. One of the things that I read um, that I love when it talks about fasting is the, is the line that fasting like a star in the sky is only one star in a constellation of spirituality. So all that to say, this is what, when I um, started getting into this um, uh, spiritual practice, um, it's you don't do it. It was never fasting in a vacuum, right? It's fasting, encourage me with God or some more solitude. It was never done all in one uh, or just on its own. And so I think that's where we uh, can go in our own faith and get through this pandemic healthier um, and as Christ wants us to, which is f more fully clinging to him. This one, uh, not be, you, I don't think anyone would listen to this or start a fasting pod and still not, you know, set time alone to have their own time with God. When I'm in it, when I'm doing it, I, I, I want to sin less. I don't know how to say it any other way. I just am doing it as I'm in the midst of fasting. Um, I just want to sin less. I feel my, my body want less. My, my body means the sarks, like the, the, the flesh that Paul talks about, not just my physical body, like like um, the goodness that God created in me, but my flesh and my earthly wants and desires. I want that less and I want more of him. So you can't do it in a vacuum. So now is a perfect time, I think, to, to start this out. Um, and even if it's just a small, you know, there's lots of different types of fast that you might hear. First of all, I'd say fasting is just abstaining from food. It's not, you know, fasting from the internet or fasting from your phone or fasting, you know, from sweet treats. It's, it's abstaining from food. But in, in that regard, there's lots of different ways this plays out. The early church, you know, the Jews did it um, what, Monday and Thursday. And the early church would do it Wednesday and Friday to be different from Jewish folks. So that's more of like a stationary fast, right? So I'm going to do this 
uh, twice a week. When I started doing this, I was doing it once a week. I definitely did not start twice a week. And I would encourage anybody that does this uh, to also not what we kind of say is start where you're at, not where you want to be. Um, great if you just want to jump in and do twice a week, but um, just start where you're at. And maybe for you that's um, skipping breakfast and going, just eating lunch and dinner, stopping lunch and eating breakfast and dinner, a traditional fast would be from um, dinner to dinner, basically. So you'd eat your dinner and then not eat anything again until the next dinner, whatever it is. I think it matters less the rules that you apply and more the heart behind it. When I first started, I was Googling, well, can I eat this? Can I drink this? Can I, can I drink coffee while I'm still on a fast? And I quickly came to realize I don't care what the internet tells me. I just care what my <laughs> heart has decided with it. And so yeah. this is more of a heart posture, right? And so, Cha-cha, um, how should I and fast? so that's where I came. <laughs> 242242. Um, so yeah, and that's it was my heart posture towards this. And so that's what I would encourage. So when I first started, I was doing it every, I was doing it once a week. Um, and it was, it was a, a beautiful way for me to continue to grow closer to the Lord. Since then, I have, I have peeled back and I'm not doing it uh, every week. There's a number of different reasons, but it got to the point, one of the biggest ones is it got to the point where I just felt like I was doing it to doing it. And I wasn't connecting as much and I wasn't entering into that emotional content. Uh, in contact with the Lord, and I was just doing it. And then the more I read, the more uh, I just felt like at the time um, I was with the bridegroom. A lot of times, you know, there were times where I was just certainly you can always find something to be grievous for in this day and age. There's no question, and unfortunately, no shortage of grievous events that occur um, in sacred moments that you might enact. But for a lot of it, for me, it became again more of a um, uh, I don't know, legalistic, I was just doing it to do it. And so I've now kind of peeled back and have entered in as at different times um, have, have, have called me for. But all that to say, there is so much freedom when it comes to fasting. This is about getting more freedom, not less freedom. Um, and that I would, but I would encourage everybody just to either start picking a day a week or just tomorrow or just as your MC or your discipleship group come together because I think there is... Um, great beauty and depth to a corporate fast where we can all come together and grieve as one, just as we praise as one. And just as we pray as one, we can grieve together as one. And I think there's, that's what has played out from uh, Genesis on uh, through the entire Bible. And I, I think we as a church would benefit from getting back to that practice. Yeah, definitely. Well, now it's out there. It's on record. It's on record. So uh, if we if we don't uh, do this, uh, we yeah, we'll uh, we don't have an excuse now. Um, yeah, as I was thinking about this, um, fasting in response to this moment makes sense. When you talk about fasting as discipline, uh, as disciplining our body like the ongoing practice, the ongoing discipline. It, it really seems uh, counterintuitive during this time because so much, of, so much of our life does seem like it's been ripped away from us. Uh, mm. we, so many of us are feeling like we are operating at a deficit mm. uh, in so many areas of our lives. And... Um, I think sometimes I've noticed myself during this, like I, I think there's, there's definitely during, during a time like this, we need to be very intentional about celebrating, about doing things that even how tri as trivial as they could be, just things that make us happy. Um, yeah. these, these are, are, are equally important practices and things that, that need to be part of our, our weeks, just finding some time when everything else seems heavy, uh, is demanding when there aren't many outlets just naturally built into our schedule these days for enjoyment. That seems like a, a practice that is, uh, that, that is much needed during this time. Yeah. But 
thinking about fasting and disciplining and, and, and depriving myself even more, I'll admit like that doesn't sound too attractive to me, but you know, the impetus for fasting and, and disciplining our body isn't different now than it, than it has been at any other time. You know, we, we are, st- we, we still, need to be attentive to our own sin, our own weaknesses and limitations, our, uh, the ways in which we're gluttonous. I mean, my gosh, like I'm at home uh, way more now than I am, than, than I ever was before. And just like the amount of food that I have and the <laughs> amount of uh, drink that I have and just how those things can so easily be what I run to uh, when I'm feeling tired or when I just want mm. uh, to, to disengage. That, that's been really eye-opening for me and, and for Jody as well. We still need God's power. We still need God to move and to work in our lives. There are still things in our lives that are distracting us from centering ourselves on Jesus and, and pursuing him above everything else. We still desire to grow in maturity and in, and in deeper communion with the Lord. So all of these things, um, all of these, these realities are still true for me right now. And as I'm thinking about just moving forward in this time, it's like, I want to grow more responsive to God. I want to go grow more responsive to others. Um, I want to understand and be more attentive to my own soul and, and, Mm -hmm. and my own life. I want to be, I want to empathize with others in our community who are suffering and who are vulnerable. I know, um, you that was a that was a big part of of your fasting uh mm-hmm. was uh you know you you took that as an opportunity to provide and to meet the needs of of poor and needy can you explain how you did that yeah i um so if you look at some of the reasons to fast biblically one of the big ones i think if you read it much about fasting at all in the bible everyone will come to kind of Isaiah 58, right? These people that were righteous and were fasting on their own and they were doing what they thought was all the right things. And they're like, why isn't God answering us? And I think you can look into this. Well, maybe they were doing that A, B to C and we're really focusing on C. One of the biggest things is they, they were just like, because you're still oppressive, because they're still poor and, uh, and orphans and widows that you just don't care for. And they just line the streets and, and, and you uh, and you are not caring for them whatsoever. He says it much more eloquently than I just did, but read Isaiah 58 and you'll see it. So um, one of the biggest things is to come alongside the poor and the needy. And so uh, in doing that, I think you can do, it actually takes a lot of time to eat or to prepare your food, to shop for you. You got to plan your food. You got to shop for your food. You got to make your food. You got to eat your food. You add all that time up and that you can, I think one way is to, um, again, fasting is not done in isolation. You fast and then you serve. And so you can take that time and you can serve. The other way is um, just the money that it takes. So every time that I fasted, I usually uh, decided it would take me. I, I've done pretty much from dinner to dinner. So I skip breakfast and, and lunch and coffees and things like that. And so I usually say it's about $20 that I save. Um, and then I take that, taking that money, and then there's a St. Vincent de Paul in my neighborhood, just on the south side, right there, um, uh, just a little bit south south of me here, and given that money, uh, donated that money to the local poor and needy here, just to kind of come alongside. So I say that, please do not glorify me for that, um, but I say that to say there's a practical way that we, we can do this. So it's, again, not only entering into uh, fasting, but it's uh, coming alongside and serving other people and, and, and seeing the, and caring for the poor and the needy because of that this is not, right. It's not a diet plan. It's not, it's not a way to save some money for yourself. In my opinion, it's not a way to trim your finances. Um, that's not the right way to approach it. So take that money and, 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 and give it away. Yeah. This, this uh, practice of fasting as discipline, 
uh, as a weekly or a every other week or a monthly thing. Um, it prepares us. It, it prepares us for the long haul and what God has called us to. It um, allows us to not only empathize with God and how he uh, sees these situations and these moments in our lives and, and in the world, but it also allows us to empathize with those who do not have food, who feel the pains of hunger, who live each and every day at a deficit, um, who are consistently in want. And so, yeah. Yeah. You don't think about food when you're eating, right? You don't, I mean, you just, you just don't, when you're eating every day, you don't think about food at all, but when you don't eat, that's about all you are thinking about. And so right. it brings those people to your mind in a, in a, in a much deeper uh, way that I've just had a lot more time praying for people that I never, I don't think I ever would have otherwise. Right. Right. Absolutely. So as we wrap this up and just, um, it, it, put some put some shoe leather on this what what does it what does it look like for us in this time what could it look like for us uh just practice practicing um the discipline of fasting uh you know we have missional missional community groups at soma northwest and so uh maybe over the next couple of months we we begin to talk with our with our our missional community groups and 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 find a, a rhythm of fasting. Maybe, you know, we normally uh, pre-pandemic would eat a meal together. Um, that was a huge part of our fellowship together was, was sharing um, and breaking bread together. Um, and, uh, and so maybe that looks like, since we're not doing that, uh, maybe we fast on MC nights and everybody uh, chips in, you know, money that, that they would have spent on dinner and, and we, we donate that uh, as MCs. Maybe um, it's uh, with, with a smaller group of, of friends or, or, or even neighbors that we commit to um, a, a time maybe once a week during, uh, during dinner or during a lunch on the weekend where we come together and instead of eating, we, we, we pray. Um, and we, we come together and we pray uh, for each other. We pray for our city. Um, we uh, begin, like you said, Pat, to, as individuals, look at our weekly rhythms and, and see, you know, could, could I start the practice of fasting every week and choose a day a week where, um, where I'm, I'm committing to this and, and I'm either giving the money, you know, to, to a charity or to another organization, or just, I'm, I'm simply just praying. Uh, I'm just spending time praying, opening the scriptures. Um, maybe it's instead of, of, of eating lunch on a particular day, I, I find somebody who has a, a need and I, maybe I go grocery shopping for somebody who needs it. Maybe I, I go and, and volunteer someplace. Maybe I go and do some, some yard work uh, for, for, for someone who's not able to do that, but finding ways that I can serve um, with that time. And so again, uh, none of this is, none of this is about the practice itself um, and, and trying to define that or, or manipulate that. It's all about the, the heart behind it, that um, fasting enables us to empathize with God's presence, with God's perspective. Fasting um, is a bodily way of confessing our need for God's power and his sustenance. Um, it's, it's a desire to strip away things that distract us and that get in the way of us truly communing and experiencing with God. Anything else that you would add just uh, to, the, to that, that you would encourage people to think about? No, uh, I think you hit a lot of it. I think one of the biggest things that I'd say is uh, experience freedom in this. I think fasting is not eating. So, I mean, that's it. Outside of that, there's nothing else in the Bible that tells you what to do other than, you know, put oil in your hair and wash your face. Uh, you know, just like, obviously don't, uh, I, I don't even mind calling attention to it. I think there's some great power that can be had from us as a communal church, letting people know that we are fasting, right? The call to the, the, the call of Jesus in the, in the Sermon on the Mount is, 
the the reason behind why we're doing it. It doesn't say that, you know, we're not fasting and then hiding our light uh, on a lampstand, right? So, uh, um, but outside of just not eating, there's nothing else that tells it. So like Bobby said, I think there's lots of ways to be creative about this. Don't eat and pray. Don't eat and donate your money. Donate your time. Um, get together. I, I think uh, discipleship groups would be a great way to do it and C's as well. Um, and then, yeah, church, church wide at times too. just skip a dinner if we can on Saturday night and break our fast with, uh, with the Lord's supper. I sounds pretty great. So um, I think there's lots of ways to do it. I, the biggest thing is just do it. I kind of kept waiting for it the right time uh, to jump in or I'd kind of come up with excuses of different reasons why I, why I should wait. I would really just encourage anyone listening that's, that's feeling the spirit move in them and feeling, feeling uh, just a flicker of this, just to say, okay, I'm just going to do it. It doesn't need to be perfect. I, it, it doesn't matter. Like I screwed things up. And if you can't make it, if you want to make it from dinner until dinner and it's just three o'clock and you are, you just feel like you can't do it, there's freedom. Just eat, right? That's, that's okay. Um, I, this is about more freedom, not less. And so I just really encourage just to start where you're at and let's just do it. Um, and then just experiment and, and figure out what works for you and what doesn't. Dr. Pat, thanks for joining us for this podcast. It's uh, always good to have you and, and to hear from your perspective. Yeah, man. I love doing it. I just love you guys listening to this. Um, and just uh, thanks. Thanks for uh, listening to me. And if you have any questions about this, I am not an expert, but I've been doing this for a little bit of time. I'd love to talk to you about anything thing um that i've experienced and for those that have been doing it for longer uh definitely reach out to me <laughs> you can teach me <laughs> teach me the way but um i love you church all right well we'll put some helpful resources in our show notes that you can uh, avail yourself of but thanks for listening again folks uh, grace and peace to you this week